<laughs> no, seriously. Amen. Anybody excited about being here tonight? Yeah. I really am. I'm really excited. I had an awesome meeting this afternoon with the great leaders of this assembly, and I'm really glad that we got a chance to talk and talk about a few things that's really good. And uh, I really feel like I want to minister in a different way tonight and because I really want to minister. I really want to touch some hearts. And not that I haven't touched hearts, but I want to kind of slow it down just a little bit tonight because I really want to get to the heart of the matter tonight and talk to you tonight. And um, I'm telling you, it's been some really some awesome services. God has met us here. Can you say God has met us here? Yes. He has met us here. He really has. And God's presence. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I pray your word come forth tonight, God. Just touch my body, touch my mind this tonight, God, as I minister to your people. God, release the gifts of the Spirit. Release the gifts of the Spirit. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, prophecy, discernment, miracles, healing, and faith tongues or interpretation of tongues today and father i pray release it right now i want you to minister to your people in jesus name amen um question do we have a smaller podium we could put right here is there get me one right quick if you would i really appreciate it. i apologize that i'm saying that earlier but i just feel like i want to be close to the people tonight that's a long ways up there you know long ways up there you know and um this is a beautiful city. It really is. The weather was beautiful today. It really was. I love coming to Alberta. Thank you for the food. Those prepared the food for you for us and, and for the fellowship. Thank you so very, very much for your hospitality. I do appreciate that. I want you to realize that. I appreciate Pastor and Sister Neil. They are tremendous people. You're really blessed. Somebody give the Lord a hand. You're really blessed to have a great pastor and first lady and uh, you know there's something about when you um, carve out a word it's a difference yeah thank you that'll be perfect uh, when you carve out a word right here praise God right here that's awesome that's good right there when you carve out a word there's a difference in taking a work and carving out a work and Pastor Neil carved out this work many many years ago and there are some people who are builders and there are some people who are maintainers Everybody's not a builder. And there are some people who can build. And you have to understand your your calling in your life, what God has designed you to do in your life. You know, one of the greatest things you can ever discover is, is why you're here. It's one of the greatest things you ever discover. Why did God place me here? Why did God bring me from where I was to here? I come to tell you tonight, it's not by accident. You are on an assignment by God. And if, if, you, if you go through life just kind of, you know, just kind of haphazardly going through life without a purpose, without direction, you've got to have direction in your life. You've got to have purpose in your life. You've got to know why God did what he did. Sometimes we don't understand everything that God does. But understanding my purpose in life is crucial. Why did God place me here? Why did God bring me from Timbuktu or from, from where across the east side of Canada to bring me over here? Why did God bring me from over here? God has a plan for your life. Anybody believe that today? God has a plan for your life. 
And it's not by accident. It's not by accident that God has ordained, God has brought you here. You are in the plan and the will of God. One man said it a long time ago, the safest place in the whole wide world is the will of God. I don't care if you're going through hell. I don't care if you're going through sickness. I don't care if you're going, whatever you're going through, the safest place in the whole wide world is the will of God. Anybody believe that tonight? I believe that. I can go through anything if God is with me. I can go through anything if God is with me. That's the whole bottom line. Even when Joseph was in prison, now you can start, I already started preaching. You start writing. Okay, I haven't given a text yet, but I don't need to give a text. Okay? I know um, I'm not as smart as Pastor Neil. I realize that. But I'm going to do my very best tonight. But I do believe that all things work together. Somebody say for the good. I believe that. I don't think you can encounter anything in your life that God is not on top of. And everything you've been through has been for a purpose. It's been for a reason. Even as a kid, even when you was a child, and things that transpired in your life, and maybe they weren't fun things or great things, but I'm going to tell you something. God can take the ugly and make it beautiful. He really can. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we go through things. We don't understand why we go through what we go through. But sometimes there's a purpose. At the end of the day, I had a person come in my office a few days ago. I was meeting with them. He was having some marriage issues. And the first thing he, we got to talk, he said, don't. He said, I want to be happy. <laughs> I said, God could care less about your happiness. I did. I said, God could care less. If God was wanting to make you happy, everything in your life would be going perfect. <laughs> did you hear me? Perfect. He's not interested in your happiness. He's interested in your, his plan for your life. Did you hear me today? Many times we get our happiness mixed up with God's planning. And God's interested in us being happy, but he wants us to fulfill his plan. He has a goal. And sometimes through suffering, suffering has a way of bringing things out of us and, and, and molding and shaping our lives. Thank God for suffering. And, and sometimes we suffer. Sometimes, and suffering can be good for us, you know. It humbles us. I'm going to say it humbles us. It, it humbles us. It makes us realize that, we you know, we're totally dependent on God. That we're not to ourselves. No man's an island to himself. Understand, you're not an island to yourself. You know, God has a purpose and design for your life, and understand that. And I think sometimes people miss, they, they, they're, they're, they, they can miss God because they, they, they're at the train station, God's at the bus station. You know, what I was going to talk about this tonight was about Psalm. Uh, go to 2 Samuel chapter 9. I'm not going to read all that. Uh, second, I mean, First Samuel, so First Samuel, chapter nine. In First Samuel, chapter nine, Saul was his father, Cush, had lost his donkeys. Can you imagine? He lost his donkeys. Couldn't find his donkeys. The Bible don't say donkeys, okay? <laughs> but we're going to use that term, okay? And um, he lost his donkeys. And Saul went looking for the donkeys. Him and Jonathan. And in the process, they could not find the donkeys. So, in the process, 
Somebody said, hey, there's a man of God. Let's go to him. And Saul says, well, I don't have anything to give him. So when you came before a prophet, you had to give a prophet a gift. You never go to the man of God with an empty hand. Did you hear me? David said, how can I give God something I hadn't paid for? You can't give God something you somebody gave you. You got to give God something you paid for. That's why David to buy the land to put the the temple on. He couldn't. The man wanted to give it to him. He says, No, no. How can I give God something I hadn't paid for? So Saul was out looking for the donkeys, and he couldn't find the donkeys. But they 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 found a prophet. And so the story is told in here that they went and found Samuel. Samuel found him. And Samuel said, your donkeys have been found. I want to talk to you this, tonight about stop chasing donkeys. Stop chasing donkeys. Look, look at your neighbor and say, stop chasing donkeys. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, stop. Come on now. Chasing donkeys. Here's Saul. Why don't you come join me? You, you, oh, you're there by yourself. Come on. Come on. We want you to be lonely. <laughs> Saul is chasing donkeys. You know, and he, Saul is a well-dressed man, a prominent man, a head of prominent future, destined for great things. Everybody had great expectation for this young man. In school, he was probably very popular in school if he was in school. But Saul was a very gifted man, a very great man at that. Uh, and sometimes gifted people can be very hard to pastor because they lean on their gift more than God. And if God has given you a gift, thank God for it. Thank God for the gift that God is giving you. And sometimes the gift is greater than the man. Understand that. When God calls us sometimes and God gives us a challenge, sometimes we can feel ill-equipped. Sometimes we can feel I'm not worthy. But remember this principle. The gift is greater than the man. Did you hear me? Because it is the Holy Ghost or the anointing of God that lifts us above our inadequacies and our ability. Because it is the anointing of God. And thank God for the anointing because you always want the anointing to flow in your life. The anointing always flows from top down. Psalms 133. It never goes from bottom up. Always from, somebody said top down. Amen. God anoints top down. That's why leadership is so key in your life. And being under leadership is, is very important in your life. Okay? Because the anointing of God flows from top down. And so Saul was out looking for donkeys and, and he could not find the donkeys. And so, you know, he, he finds this prophet, Samuel, and Samuel tells him where the donkeys were. Now, Saul was a great man, but Saul had one major problem. One major problem. He was always chasing the wrong thing. Did you hear me? He was always chasing after the wrong things. And when you find yourself chasing at the wrong things, you'll start doing the wrong things. Saul was chasing after donkeys. When he was really built to do great and mighty things for God. He's out looking for donkeys. And I come to tell you tonight, stop chasing donkeys 
and find the plan of God and the will of God for your life. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Saul was always comparing himself by other people's statue, other people's measurement. I want to understand that, you know, we, we know, anybody know what a yardstick is? Anybody heard of a yardstick? You know, you use a yardstick and you measure things with. And um, he was always comparing himself to somebody else. Don't compare yourself with nobody because you're the only original God made. You don't try to be like anybody else, but be who God called you to be. You know, seems, you know, people try to copy everybody. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a model. We should have a model. I think that's important. It's like when you build a house, you got a model. Or you try to build a, a church, you got to have a plan. I believe you need to have that. But don't be a cheap uh, copy of something. Be the original that God had designed you to be. Because nobody can fulfill your plan or, or the will of God that God has placed in your life than you. Because God has ordained you for this season and this time. He chose to birth you here and now. And to bring you here because he have a plan for your life. Do you believe that tonight? I want to seek in your heart. God is not lost or confused. When God sent you from the east coast to the west coast, or God sent you from wherever to here, there was a purpose in that. And you have to understand that running is not the issue. Many people want to run from God because they don't want to, they don't want to fulfill God's planning will for their life. And so they start running. So here you see Saul, if you read on in, in Saul, Saul is trying to, you know, he, he, uh, he, he, he opens up, the book of Samuel opened up with Saul chasing these donkeys. And uh, David said he was always chasing David, pursuing David. And David wasn't Saul's problem. Saul got off course. His focus was in the wrong direction. He started pursuing David, and David wasn't his problem. It's amazing how we can get off course. And we start pursuing the wrong things. The Bible says, seek first to what? The kingdom of God and his what? And everything else will be what? Added unto us. Anybody believe that tonight? I believe that. I mentioned to you this morning, if we take care of God's business, he'll take care of our business. I do believe that. But David, Saul was always chasing the wrong thing. He's always pursuing. He's always fearful of people, always jockeying for position. He was always trying to, you know, to bully people and do things. And, and it wasn't God's plan. And so he started chasing after David. David said it like this. He started chasing, like a, 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 David said, as a flea would chase after a dog. And so you find Saul chasing after David as a flea would chase after a dog. Saul's focus, focus was in the wrong place. Somebody said in the wrong place. He got sidetracked. And we can get sidetracked by issues that don't mount up to anything. There's some things that are not worth fighting over. There's some things not it's worth arguing over or fighting over, it doesn't make a difference. And, and you have to understand that one man said, if you're going to go to battle, know why you're going to battle. Some things are not worth. It's like we started a new series at a church called, back in April, called I Love My Church. We did that. 
for about two months. We talked about, I love our church. We, we, we printed T-shirts, we printed logos, all that type of stuff. I love my church. And I, and I just started a program. I, I wanna, we talk about what's wrong with the church many times. I started talking about what's right about the church. There's a lot of things right about the church. Somebody clap your hand. Thank you. Amen. So I started preaching on things that was right about the church. Why I love my church. I started asking people, why do you love your church? What was so unique about Why do you love your church? Why do you love your pastor? People started commenting and things like we put it on Facebook. We put it on different things and we emailed it out. And, and, people, we, and people started buying t-shirts and being proud of their church. You got to be proud of your church. Amen. Be proud of your church. Don't let people talk about your church. I'm not going to let any man talk about my wife in front of my face. Now, we may have our differences, but you ain't going to talk about it. Now, we may be in the church, and we may have our differences, but I, I'm not going to let anybody else on the outside talk about my church. Somebody clap your hands. But Saul found himself chasing after these donkeys, and he really, he, in actuality, thank you, in actuality, you know, he was always fighting the wrong things. And so finally, he realized, you know what, I'm barking the wrong tree. And so what happened was David realized, you know what, his folk, he, was, he was king. Somebody say he was king. Saul was king. And he here king chasing after a dog, or flea, a, a dog as a flea would. He is made to rule for greatness, but he stooped lower for something different. Get off the ground. And stop chasing donkeys. And become focused. Set your sail in the right direction. And keep moving forward. Somebody say keep moving forward. You know, he's looking for donkeys. And he meets Samuel. And Samuel said, stop worrying about those donkeys. They found. God has anointed him to be king. And he's worried about donkeys. There are some things not worth fighting over. Going to bat over. I'm going to keep emphasizing that. Because some of you want to tie up with people all the time. You can't tie with everybody. You can't, you can't reason with a fool. You can't. There's some things you've got to move on from. Some things are not worth fighting over. You just got to move on. Even in your marriage, your relationship with your, with your spouse. There's some things, you know what? It ain't, if you go there, it's going to cause a big argument. So why go there? You know, just take it for a grain of salt and move on. You know? You know, choose your battles carefully. Okay? And then some things are not worth going there. You know? And, and, and the Bible says, he does spiritual and bury the infirmity of the weak, the Bible says. You know? And so to, good, to have a good marriage, there's some things you ignore. Did you hear me? You ignore. You see it? Oh, y'all. I see y'all there. Don't tell nobody. I won't tell nobody. You patting your feet on the floor, you know. You know, I know, I know it's kind of hard. You, you just, you just look at me. Look at me. Anybody, just keep looking at me. If you look at me, they'll never know you talk, you're thinking of something, okay? Well, Saul was always chasing something. But he was always chasing the wrong thing. You can't, do about, you can't do anything about anybody that, that don't like you. 
there will always be haters in your life. There will always be people who will be jealous of you. There will always be people who are always trying to pull you down. Move on. Somebody say move on. Just move on from there. We all got it. We all got people who are jealous. We all got people who always try to pull you down. Don't stoop to something lower. I know y'all don't like that. But it's the truth anyhow. You understand that Saul found himself in the midst of, you know, he, he, he's called to be a leader. And so in Saul's life, Saul did a lot of things wrong. He, he killed all the priests. You know, when, 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 when you lose focus, you just get off base. You really do. You just get off base. Here he kills a whole a, a lineage of a priest. Now how foolish can you get to touch God's anointing? You never touch God's anointing. Lead, if you got a problem with leadership, God will take care of it. You just pray over it and God will take care of it. I believe that. I believe my wife has prayed for me many times. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I'll say no on something. And I never forget one time we want, we have a house and she wanted this dishwasher. And we had dishwasher upstairs in the basement. I was redoing my basement and she wanted a dishwasher. I said, no, we don't need a dishwasher. There's no need of having two dishwashers in the house. We got Caitlin and Jonathan and Nathan too. That's my boys and my girls, you know. And so I said, no. She said, honey, I really want a dishwasher. I said, no, we don't need a dishwasher. We got one already. And so what happened, she started praying about it. And all of a sudden, one day this boy guy came and said, hey, I got a brand new dishwasher. <laughs> Do you want it? <laughs> what am I supposed to say? You don't need a <laughs> God answered her prayers. Even though I didn't want a dishwasher, God gave her a dishwasher. Hey. And there's some things, you know, you, you learn to pray over. Something, some things you learn to take to God in prayer. Don't fight over everything. Some things are not worth fighting over. It ain't worth going there. It ain't worth, it ain't worth the relationship. One thing I learned about relationship, true relationship costs you. And, and in times in relationships, Every relationship goes through a crisis, even a marriage or a friendship. And, and, and some people run from relationships or they don't have any relationships because they have a problem with relationships. And so many times relationship it uncovers things in our lives, hidden things, things from our childhood, things from our past. And they resurrect and some people don't have a good relationship with people because of their past relationships. But one of the greatest things you can ever learn is how to get along with people. How to work together. Now we all have our opinion on certain things. We all have an opinion. Now, none of us are robots in here. We all have an opinion. But I've learned one thing about God. Lay down your agenda and pick up God's agenda. Some things, that, like I said earlier, is not worth fighting over. Even in a church. Whether the carpet is blue or green or yellow. Let's just get some carpet. Okay? I've seen churches fight over carpet. I've seen people church fight over toilet tissue. Roll it in or roll it out. Don't make a difference. As long as we got some toilet tissue. Amen? Doesn't matter. Some things are not worth it. And to grow a congregation, 
there, here's, there's some things you ignore of your brother and your sister. You ignore it. You just kind of overlook it. Woo! Because, you know, as, and, and, and understand, we all have bad days. Maybe you don't, but I do. We all have bad days. Some days we wake up, you know, we, and what's wrong with her? Why well, she got an attitude? Maybe she's not feeling well. Maybe he ain't feeling well. And learn to overlook some things. Did you hear me? Learn to overlook. We're talking about relationships. And that's one of the biggest things people have a problem with. Is learning how to get along, especially when you have two strong personalities. Learning how to get along and learning, you know, learning your role, learning your place. And, and in a relationship, it costs you to have a relationship because sometimes you got to die in relationships. Somebody say amen. Sometimes you have to do. But here's, here's a story that Saul ended up, at the end of the day, chasing, chasing after the wrong thing. He ended up going to a witch at the end of the day. How far do you go? Some folks will go to, to go a mile. I'm telling you, they just, Paul went, I mean, Saul went all the way down to the bottom. And finally, he got killed. Here's his story. I've learned one thing about the Lord. That even David was running from his life. God's will was done in David's life. Because Saul got off track. And because Saul got off track, God chose somebody else to do the business. He chose someone who had a heart for him. One thing about the Lord, he's always looking for the heart of a heart, the heart issue. One man said a long time ago, the real matter is a heart issue. Is our heart right with our brother? Is our heart right with our sister? Getting along is one of the most critical things you can ever do in any church. If a church is going to develop or grow, people's got to learn to get along, learn to work together. Now, you don't have a problem. I understand that. But what I am saying is that as we, as we mature and grow up, understand this here. We all, are, all have our opinion on certain things. But it takes everybody working together to move the ball downfield. Something I said to the leaders, the leaders I said, stay in your lane. Know your calling. Know your place. Know what God has called you to do. You know, realize that God sets up. God, God sets up and God tears down. God builds. He does. That's how God operates in our lives. And there are good times, there are bad times in our life. Listen to me. There are seasons in your life. Every person goes through a season. But here's the story. Do you understand where you are? Do you know what season you're in in your life? Sometimes it's winter, sometimes it's spring, sometimes it's fall, sometimes it's summer. Do you understand where you are in the, in the, in the will of God, in the plan of God? You know, if you, you know, I told one lady one time, never forget this lady had had seven kids, and she came to me and said, Pastor, I feel God's called me to the mission field. Eight kids? I said, There's eight kids. <laughs> she said, I, I feel God want me to go to the mission field. I said, No, you got mission fields. Those eight kids. That's the mission field. I said, When they get grown, get out of the house, then you can go to the mission field. But until then, your mission feels those eight kids. Somebody clap your hands. You see how people get it mixed up? Sometimes God does call us to certain things. But I mean, it may not be the place 
nor the time or the season. Am I making sense here? Sometimes God will speak to us, but it, it may not be for the present. It may be for the future. So don't get it mixed up. This is where good leadership comes in. Even we, we must learn to trust our leaders in our lives. Let me ask you a question. If you really believe that God is in charge, then you'll trust your leadership. Listen, uh, listen to me, wives. If you really believe that God is in charge, you'll trust your husband. Doesn't mean he, doesn't mean he makes all the right decisions, okay? And husband, you've got to learn to make some good decisions so she'll follow you. <laughs> and, and, and husband, we get mad and our wife because she won't follow us the reason why she won't follow us we keep making those dumb decisions and she don't want to keep getting burned every time so if you start making some good decisions she'll start she won't question everything you do give me five ladies to clap your hands on that one but understanding your season and your calling and your life is critical in your life I believe that we, we learn to trust the Lord, that I believe that God governs in the affairs of men. I do believe that. I believe that nothing can happen to me unless it passes through my Father's hands. I believe that God rules everything, even those over me. I've got to tell you a story. One time, I was, I was, uh, my superintendent called me in one day. I'll never forget. Um, my, my superintendent called me in the boardroom one time. I don't know if I ever shared the story. Maybe I have. But uh, anyway, he called me in the board and something had went down, something went wrong. And, uh, and everybody was blaming me. And I'm sitting at the back of the table, and all, all, everybody looking at me and blaming me for it. And they kind of chewed me up. Man, I said, I said, what? I said, and he said, you got anything to say? I said, what else you want? Do you want to crucify me now? I said, you can crucify me. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I didn't, I didn't know that happened. And I walked out of the meeting, I was mad. <laughs> You ever had that, that syndrome? You got mad. Somebody called you in the carpet, called you in, and you got mad. And so I was mad. I said, I ain't going back to camp. I ain't going back. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me as clear as day. He said, you go back. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and says, you know what? You, you get your attitude right. <laughs> and the next night, I went back and told my superintendent, I said, I want to thank you for what you did. I said, you helped me. And he said, Brother Terry, I wasn't trying to hurt you, but we had to deal with it. It was a turning point in my life. It turned everything in my life around. And God began to elevate my life. We learned to, learn to submit to those that God has put over us. Do you hear me? God will take care of everything else. Sometimes God tests you. And see, are you really ready for the test? Are you really to, ready to grow? Are you ready, to take, are you ready for the next level in your life? Sometimes God does that. Here's a story. Can God trust you? Can God really trust you? That's the question. And if we really feel like God is a sovereign God, then he takes care of everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. And sometimes we think we're ready and we really, we really are not. And sometimes, I never forget, before my ministry ever really blossomed, you know, I mean, I went through some very challenging times, very deep times, but it's, it's in those times that you learn to grow. It's in those dark times, those, those, those times that, you know, you, you start questioning God. Really, you start questioning God. And you start talking to God. God, why? Why? I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning God or being sometimes as human beings, we, 
we can get upset, we can be angry, we can see God. Now, I've had, I've had my, my time with the Lord. I've told God, now God, I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. I don't understand. I've tried. I've done this. I'm, I'm giving God my whole list of things I feel I have done. <laughs> and it's really nothing. Really nothing. And, and I said, God, I've done this. I've done this for you. I've done this for you. And look at me now. I, you know, I'm a laughing stock of the world. Mud is in my face. And, and that's just what I needed. I, I needed that, and God humbled me. So, you know, sometimes you got to go down before you can ever go up. Did you hear me? God has a way of exalting us. He has a way of working in our life, but sometimes it's not the way we think. Will you lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord right now? Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Father, you are ministering to your people. You are touching them. You are teletalking to them right now. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. God, thank you for speaking to right now in Jesus' name. Oh, somebody clap your hands to the Lord right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe that tonight. I believe that God is, is speaking for us. But, you know, Saul found himself chasing donkeys. Instead of doing the, being about this father's business. I come to take you tonight in closing tonight. Stop chasing donkeys. Things that don't matter. Things that don't, don't, even, don't matter at all. Only what you do for Christ will last. Here's a, here's a good one. Major in the majors. And minor in the minors. Did you hear, Pastor Terry? Some of you are majoring in the minors and minor in the majors. That's your problem. Major on the things that really count and minor on the things that don't really matter at all. Somebody clap your hands. Am I making sense tonight, church? The things that really matter. There are some things... There's some people you can never change. And the thing about Saul was David kept the right attitude. When you keep the right attitude, even Job, when Job went through, he had, a, I mean, he could have cursed God and died. But his, his attitude was right. His spirit was right. And sometimes we can, we can blame God for a lot of stuff, but don't blame God for a lot of stuff because it ain't God's fault. The Bible said it rains in the just as well as the unjust. Things happen to us all. We all can get sick because you know we're in this we we in this imperfect body. Okay? Misunderstandings happen. That's just part of living. It's part of you know, I had a brother I had I had two brothers and one sister. And uh, two brothers two brothers and one sister, I'm sorry. And um there's time me and my brother didn't get along, seriously. We fought. And we'll never get we'll never forget one day he made me mad. And I, I reared back and I hit him in the face. Knocked him down. He started crying. <laughs> Told mama. Mama come outside and said, what are y'all fighting over? And she got mad at me. <laughs> she said, don't you know you're brothers? And brothers don't fight brothers. Hope you caught that. <laughs> 
And it's the same way in the church. Sometimes we don't all get along. Maybe here, but not in Atlanta. <laughs> here you do, but not in Atlanta. Sometimes I have to play referee. Sometimes, you know, it's one side versus the other side of the church. And, you know, young versus old. You know, men versus women. It's always something. The devil always trying to stir up mess. He's always trying to stir up stuff. He's always trying to get in the, get in the Kool-Aid. He's always trying to get in there. He's, he, he, he does. He's always trying to get in the Kool-Aid. But, but here's the story. You've got to be mature enough and wiser enough how to overlook some things and move on. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. I'm going to close with that this time. Amen. Come on and clap your hand. I'm going to close with that tonight. I didn't, but I, I want to say this to you. I didn't, I didn't really feel like, and I really feel like as I was talking today, I didn't really want to really preach, but I really felt God gave me some, some words of wisdom and some words of knowledge for you tonight. This church is on the move. Yes, it, it is. really is. Amen. And even though this church has been through a lot, and, and, and I want you to realize, the next couple of months will be very critical. It's very critical that we stick together. We pray for one another. We support one another. We help one another. We see someone in need that we go out our way to help them and bless them. Much is given. Much is required. I do believe that. And so these are critical times for us. And as let me tell you something. The real leader is going to pop up. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. The, the people who are on the on, that's 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 on the bandwagon. People who are here. I'm telling you, God is up to something in this church. He's up to something, and the question is, do you want to be a part of it? Would you stand tonight? Do you want to be a part of it? I am so glad I had an opportunity to come. I really am. I really feel I have ministered. I really do. I really feel like I, I feel like the Lord. How many feel like God has spoken in your heart in the last three services? It really has. I really feel that the Lord has. But here's the story. The journey has just begun. Sometimes life is like pushing a wagon uphill. And everybody else is in the wagon except you. And you pushing the wagon uphill. Life is like that sometimes. But as we go into a building program, as we begin to rebuild, reestablish ourselves, it's going to take everybody, all hands on deck. We all can complain about what we don't like, but I'm going to ask you a question. What do we like about the church? Amen. You know, the church has been so kind to me. It taught me how to love my wife, raise my children. I am so thankful for the church. If it wasn't for the church, I don't know where I would be. I'd be very honest with you. I probably wouldn't be married. I probably wouldn't. I don't know. Where, I have no idea. But I am so glad God saved me and put me in the real church today. I am so thankful for it. Somebody say, I love my church. I love my church. If you really love your church, you support your church. You, you become present. I mean, you show up for church. You show up. You give. 
You only give, you only give to that which you love. You show up, you become present. You forgive one another. You learn to get along with one another. You learn to keep harmony in the body. You know, peace is kind of like, one man said, peace is, is like you got to pursue peace. Peace don't just come. You got to pursue peace. You got to chase it down the, at, down the road, down the holler, over the hill. Because peace will get away from you. And you have to, you have to pursue. No, I'm not going there. Nope, we're not going there. We're not going there. Especially when you come to your spouse. I'm not going there. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue. Somebody say peace. Will you bow your heads tonight? Father, I thank you for the word. Let us not chase donkeys. Let's be on, stay on track, stay focused. Not to lose focus, Lord. Let us pursue the things that you've called us, God. Not to chase donkeys, but to pursue the right things. Not become jealous. Not to become envious. But God, let us realize you're in charge of everything. That God, I thank you tonight. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. You may be seated tonight. Clap your hands. You're seated tonight to the Lord. I'm going to turn it over back over here. But right before I turn it over, I want to say again, I am so honored tonight. There's nothing I won't do for you. And Pastor Neil and Sister Neil. And I will be continuing. My church has been praying for you since May 2nd. Been praying. And I want you to realize there's a realm in the bush there's a ram in the bush Abraham was coming up one side and the ram was coming up the other side and you gotta understand that sometimes we sacrifice things but at the end of the day there's a ram in the bush God bless you Hallelujah. Praise his name. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. How many appreciate straight?